Welcome back to Double Feature, the IDS film podcast where the powers that be let us in a podcast booth to bring you hot takes and maybe some lukewarm ones too. I'm Annie Aguiar. And I'm Chris Forrester. So last week when we said that the next episode of Double Feature was going to be about music films, we did not know that Childish Gambino was planning on releasing a brand spanking new one on Saturday, but he did. So thank you, Mr. Childish, for the little tie-in. We appreciate it. On today's episode of Double Feature, we're going to be talking about Childish Gambino and Rihanna's new film, Guava Island, as well as Beyonce's seminal, transcendent, (laughs) amazing, devastating, modern, classic, just perfect, (laughs) Lemonade. Which one do you want to talk about first? Oh, I want to talk Lemonade. I just literally just rewatched it for the nth time. I've seen it so many times. Yeah. And it never fails to blow me away. God. No, it is legitimately amazing. And we were talking about this earlier, just even remembering when Formation, just the music video dropped and the moment that that became. Every time Beyonce has a new project coming, she just has these amazing new ways of like teasing it and pushing herself to create something that is like completely new. Like she she will never rechart the same area. No. Um, and I remember the like mysterious trailer that she dropped on her Instagram for this like HBO special. And everyone was like, what is this? And then it came out and I remember watching it and just being so completely in awe of how personal it was. I mean, really, this is like one of, no, not one of, the biggest entertainer working today taking us on this like personal odyssey of like her own pain from her marriage and like her and the, the like cultural and national pains of being a woman of color. And mm-hmm. it's. It floored me. It yeah. floors me every time. I think one of the things with Beyonce's public image is is that it is so perfectly controlled and manicured. And then or it has been for a long, long time. And then you see, like, not – I think cracks in the facade is a bad way to say it. But, I mean, like, elevator fight, stuff like that. And this is Beyonce kind of really – embracing her own humanity and showing that vulnerability when she is literally queen bee like oh my god it is just so amazing for her to have that have that emotional depth a which uh, duh and b be willing to share it on such a big platform yeah it's amazing i remember like watching it live <clears throat> as it premiered and like I didn't watch it live because it was the night of my high school prom so I remember being at prom and someone was like she dropped an album and then I watched it the day after well my high school is weird and we had prom in February for some reason so so you got to watch it live <laughs> yeah what so a moment watched it live while also being on Twitter and everyone was watching it and to just be in the weeds of just like this mass cultural the I remember the exact second that um, the poet, the poem that she reads had the line, like, are you cheating on me? And everyone was just like, yeah, what? I, yeah. I remember Roxanne Gay tweeted, like, are we watching a divorce on television? What is going on? Like, well, you mentioned this whole like image that she has this carefully manicured and prepared and presented like Beyonce, the entertainer who's like you never really see as Beyonce the person except when she wants you to. And the fact that she was able to like open the door into her personal life and not just sort of like show you like she's inviting you in on this journey through Mm -hmm. so much hurt and growth. And it's it's just 
amazing. It's also visually stunning. Oh, yes. I remembered this thing being gorgeous. Um, but since 2016, when it released, my love of things shot on film has grown <laughs> exponentially. And just some of the imagery in this is superb. Mm-hmm. It's weird because there's um, – so there are a ton of directors who worked on this. But, like, the two main ones are Beyonce and Khalil Joseph. Okay. Um, and Khalil Joseph has done some other stuff with as far as, like, experimental music films. And it, this is very evocative of, like, his style through and through. And just some of the camera work and, like, the camera movements, the way it's edited, the way that it just moves and thrives and feels is so unique. I think that the problem with a lot of, like, musical films, and even this is a problem that I had with Guava Island that we go to later, is that it's like, there's a narrative, and then here's a fun song in there. And it's just, like, a little stilted. You know, but in this, because she's not confining herself to like traditional, like this is a film with a narrative. No, this is a collection of visual representations of feelings. Like, yeah, it is so unlike things that I have ever seen before. Like, like we were saying earlier, I was just floored, and uh, I like obviously Beyonce is a talented, ridiculously intelligent person. But this depth of like visual expertise and everything, when it, it's just so amazing to see someone translate into another medium and have it still so perfectly encapsulate their vision. Yeah, you know? well, it, it works so perfectly, I think, because instead of trying to craft a narrative around the album, the album is the narrative. Yeah. I mean, it's already an amazing album just to listen to musically because of the breadth of like the genres and styles and also how perfectly she's able to use that format to like express what she wants to express and then the film version just takes it that much further i mean what one thing like i so wish every time i listen to that album through i wish that it had the spoken word poetry because um warson shire the poet who wrote all of that like her words are just beautiful oh yeah that uh, we've talked about this before and like we have a bit of a disagreement on this i wish that it was more obvious that Beyonce didn't write the poems. And, like, that's just a very, very small criticism, you know. But I remember the first time I watched that, I was like, oh, my God, she's a she's an amazing musician. She has this, like, film mastery. And also she's a poet. Like, eh, not so much on the third one. But... I don't know. That's just my very that's probably the one thing about this. Yeah. I mean, I don't I think it's as long a, as she's credited, I mean, yeah, in the same way that if you listen to an album, like the assumption is like these are all this artist's words, but really they had a team of co-writers and they didn't write all their own lyrics. So I it, I I remember having to do some digging of like who this poet was or whatever, but it wasn't I don't know. That was just my one thing. But other than that, it's like ridiculously amazing. Yeah, I think um, one thing about it that kind of it jarred me initially, but I've grown to really like it, is the the transition after Six Inch, which is sort of the end of the like really propulsive part of the album. Mm-hmm. That when it goes into Daddy Lessons and some of the more like stylistically out there stuff. Um, but I've grown to really love how just how like complicated and sophisticated this narrative that she's spinning is, where she'll sw- she switches up there from sort of dealing with like her own personal feelings of inadequacy and hurt 
in what's happening with her marriage and then as she considers this as like a larger patriarchal and societal issue wow it's just so good yeah i also know i have two brains when watching this like the intellectual and then the just like personal um i i know that like forgiveness is like the best way to go but like dump him leave him (laughs) beyonce you're beyonce that's not a smart film take but yeah it's it's more i recognize and understand that it's more like true to the message she wants to send and the story that she's telling and all these greater messages like you were talking about to go forgiveness and acceptance and moving on but like leave him I also like understand where you're coming from as far as watching this and like the like artistic eye appreciating like the cinematography and stuff and then just like that's the, Beyonce the other part of me that's like look at her dance and I'm like <laughs> I know this is literally like modern art and like her forging like the most interesting identity of like any musical artist ever but like Wow, Beyonce yeah. smashing stuff with a baseball bat? That is cinema. God, if you heard that, that was me slapping my that thigh from excitement. That was Annie wanting, wishing she was Beyonce destroying things with a baseball bat. Yeah. What are you doing this weekend? We could do that. We are not admis- admitting to arson on our podcast, actually. Whatever. Anyways, planned property destruction aside, <coughs> I love this movie i love all of the songs Mm -hmm. i love all of the visuals i love her performances i don't think she doesn't get i don't think she gets enough credit for just like how good of an actress she is because like we've talked it always comes up when we talk about performances like the general perception is like the more real an an Mm -hmm. actor or actress is in a movie like the more human they seem and like the more dramatic like my heart is broken like monologues they get is like a good performance but just like the emotions and like characters that she expresses like her facial ex- expressions during like don't hurt yourself yeah. and during hold up are just so exciting to watch I, I almost swore there she gets to be so many people in this but she's always Beyonce. I mean literally there's that yeah. sequence where she's yeah. like looking at herself and there are two Beyonce's another thing and this just is Like, this is one of those films where I've watched it countless times and I will watch it countless more because I get something new out of it every time. This was just, like, a little nitpick that I think I texted you. But the scene early on um, between the first two songs where she's standing on top of the building considering jumping, the cars are moving backwards in the background of the shot. Like, this, everything is is moving in reverse, coming undone. And I, it... Hello. This whole thing is just... Beyonce went to film school. No, she didn't. Beyonce killed Terrence Malick. <laughs> she did. I want her to. No. Terrence Malick has a new film coming out this year. Oh, great. I'm excited. Woohoo. But, yeah, it's it's such a thrill when you're watching something and you know this is 100% true to the vision and experience this artist wanted to give us. And I feel that every time I watch this. Yeah. No. Definitely. <sighs> You know what was a little less masterful, but I still but still good, enjoyed. still really good. Guava, Guava Island. Island. It was so, so good. Since it's new and not instantly iconic, tell me about it. What is it? Guava Island is a film 
new recent project, uh, Childish Gambino, Donald Glover, who uh, you they know, you both know. both of them star in the film. <laughs> you know who he is, but if you don't, he's like an actor, stand-up comedian who then transitioned into like being a rapper, who then transitioned into like just being an amazing artistic force, a la like This Is America last year, all that. So this is the movie is Donald Glover. And he is a musician on a fake Cuba. I feel comfortable saying fake Cuba. I think it's fake Cuba. It's fake Cuba. Um, it was filmed in Cuba. Um, and he, it's, it's like a folk tale and it's so perfect. He's this musician and he's just trying to do something that'll bring the island together. And he's like planning a festival and his like girlfriend and like muse is a seamstress named Kofi. And she's played by Rihanna. Yes, there there is a an animated prologue at the beginning oh. of this that sort of establishes their relationship. I loved that. It, I would watch I would watch an animated feature film with those characters played by those actors. I'm okay. The opening credits and then that animated prologue are legitimately my favorite part. Oh yeah, me too. Oh. There's that scene, and I don't remember like verbatim what the dialogue is, but where. Um, Gambino's character is performing this song and Rihanna says something snarky and he says like don't worry I'll come back like every night and play it again until it's perfect enough for you no 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 and I got, then I got this. oh okay no it was um well the song is for you and he promises every night to come back and play until he plays he sings a song as beautiful as her and yes. Rihanna's like well fortunately no song is as beautiful as me and I'm like but then, but then she takes that one step further and yeah. says, "Which is good because it means I would get to see him again every day." And I love, it's I so love the dynamic that that makes because it's so sweet and like establishes this deep feeling between them. But it's not predicated on like any any like compromises for her. Like yeah. she knows her worth. Yeah, I. Ugh. There's the noise. It's just so cute. It's and it's oh so it goes from the animated to obviously to the live action, and part of the big story of Guava Island and like the folklore or whatever is that it's run by this business family for years and years and years and years and years, and so everyone is kind of under the harsh control of this business magnate named Red Cargo, which is not a good name. Um, <laughs> And Childish Gambino's character is organizing this festival so that everyone can get a day off, even though they're not allowed to have a day off because they have to work hard for the... You understand the conflict. It's like capitalism versus art. Which is like it's it's a little bit heavy handed. A star is born tie in is great. <laughs> it's a little bit heavy handed, but I think any faults of it in terms of that or it being a little cheesy or it's just made up completely with how charming it is. Yeah, and I think that it um when you compare this and like lemonade, which, you know, is definitely like the inspiration for the modern like music film be it this or Florence and the Machines or Janelle Monae's yada, yada, yada. Like, this obviously isn't as, like, wholeheartedly, like, a a force to be reckoned with. I mean, he didn't write new music for it. He didn't, like, go all out with the visuals. But I appreciate that because it makes it it more of, like, 
a laid back experience. You know, like it's not like he is completely 100 percent invested in like making this powerful statement that you have to be engaged with. You can just sort of like chill out and vibe with it. And that's really good. No, I disagree with that because he's still like doing the statement and the message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not it's not like every part of this is tailored to be like 100 percent for that. No. Yeah. No, totally. There's this one part where uh, he sings her a song on the beach and it's so just silly and goofy and like filled with love that I just rewatched just that part the other day because I just I want to feel happy. It's worth saying that I don't think two human beings have ever had the chemistry that Rihanna and Childish Gambino have. I I agree with you to a point because Childish Gambino's accent in this movie is terrible. It, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, well, it like it gets in the way of any part of his performance for me. Really? So like whenever they're like being cute and you hear him like, ah, well, I have to go. <laughs> like I kind of appreciated just how like cartoony it was because it can for me it continued the like, um, like goofy charm of the animated prologue into the I, live action portion. Yeah, it didn't communicate as like cartoony for me like his whole character community is cartoony sure but the accent was just, like there are some times where he just has american pronunciations um and i mean you could make a stretch argument that it's like part of the message but it's not he just can't do the accent very well yeah and yeah occasionally he does a little hola and it's like what are you doing man this is it's mixed it's also it's very stark when he's doing that accent next to Rihanna, who is, like, from the Caribbean. Yeah. <laughs> you know? She, I think she is a better performer in this than him. I, like... I mean, I think that her, like, acting is better, but I, I still, like, that, his energy like. as a performer is so oh, good. Yeah. Like, I mean, all of his all of his dancing, all of his choreography, just even, like, the presence that he has when he's on screen yeah. is so electric. Rihanna doesn't sing in this, and that's good. Yeah, because if, was, if people were upset of like Rihanna doesn't sing in Guava Island, what's going on? Well, if, it's like it's not her. If music. Rihanna sang in Guava Island, then it would be re- like Rihanna's Guava Island, not Childish Gambino's. No matter whose name is the director in the credits. Yeah. Um, that being said, Rihanna, I know you're listening. <laughs> please, please, please put out another album. It has been too long. I listen to Anti at least once a week. I miss you. I mean. I'm kind of fine with her just doing her thing. She's. I'm happy for her, but like, even if you just scramble together some unreleased singles and slap an album on it, like an album cover on it, and release it, I will cry. That's for the music podcast we don't have. Yes. <laughs> to argue. Thank you for joining us on this episode <laughs> of IDS Double Album Feature. Oh, God. <laughs> I've been Chris. I am Annie. And next week, we're going to continue jamming out some to some tunes and talk musicals. Woohoo. Let's go.